I know that there is one, one source of all of the beauty that my eyes behold, one source of all the laughter and the joy that my ears can hear, one source of the air that I breathe, the food that I eat, and the world that I live in, one source for each person, place, thing, happening. And I know that I am and that each and every person here is that source in beautiful, bright, bold, living technicolor. And I celebrate that this morning as I let go of anything that has come before and anything that will be coming after. Sitting in the silence, I open my heart. I open my mind. And I open my soul. As Reverend Diana talks about prayer and meditation. And I allow those words to deepen me even further. Deeply grateful for the flow of service today and the fact that each of us gets exactly what we need. I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. So it is. Amen. Good morning. My name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. I'd like to welcome you home to our community, and I'd like to welcome you home to your own Mystic Heart. So we begin our Teze today by joining our voices in chant, love, serve, and remember.
taking a moment to feel the shared vibration that lingers after we've joined our voices together. We take a moment to acknowledge our oneness with spirit, with one another, and with our global community. We envision a web of consciousness that surrounds, infuses, and connects all that is. I am, you are, a radiant point of light in that web. Feeling that radiance shining from within us. And noticing that every human shines with that same light. That every creature, every plant, every rock and grain of sand, the soil, the water, all alive with spirit's light. We know that the light of consciousness extends far beyond our planet into the heavenly bodies and on into the cosmos. We hold that vision, one infinite light, and take a moment to feel how the light that you are is enmeshed in the light that I am, and with the light of all beings, and with all of creation. Sensing our oneness, we acknowledge our responsibility to one another as human family and as caretakers of our beautiful and life-giving planet. Centered in our oneness, we turn now to this month's theme, Six Paths to Deeper Connection. And we shift our attention to the title for this morning's gatherings. Breathe in, breathe out. We may think back to last week and remember the six pillars of a spiritual life that Lucinda spoke about. Meditation, affirmative prayer, sacred study, sacred service, circulation, and celebration. So we take a moment now to breathe in, breathe out. giving our awareness to the breath. Establishing a peaceful rhythm. 
a healthy rhythm. An easy pace that allows the breath to flow according to a relaxed body's needs. And letting each breath fill your body with life. the in-breath and the out-breath of the six pillars or the six paths to deeper connection. We might consider prayer and meditation to be like the in-breath and the out-breath of the spiritual life. We might think of prayer as a time to talk to God, to spirit, to the infinite intelligence, to affirm the good in our lives. To seek the strength to move through a challenging situation. to admit mistakes or to offer forgiveness. Prayer might be compared to the in-breath in that it seeks guidance and support. And meditation can serve as a time to allow things to be as they are. to let go of our thoughts, desires, and expectations, to surrender to what is, and to simply be. The release we feel during meditation might be compared to the out-breath of our spiritual journey. Or maybe for you, it is just the opposite. Meditation might be a time to actively contemplate, to use affirmation, or to express gratitude for the many blessings in your life the in-breath. And prayer might be a time of complete stillness, a time of deep listening for the still small voice that is forever available, a time of deep silent communion. the out-breath. However we relate to prayer and meditation, they are the foundation of a spiritual life. 
They offer us the opportunity to connect with our highest wisdom. They provide an opportunity to put everything else aside so that we might come to find a deeper connection to ourselves, to our world, and to our God. We might see prayer and meditation as a time to come to know who and whose we are.
What is prayer? Some might say that it is the lifting up of heart and mind to God. Brother David Stendel Rast shares that it is not saying prayers. It is not even an action doing this or doing that. It is an attitude. An attitude of lifting up heart and mind to God. So start the other way around and ask, what lifts up your heart and mind? What gives you a lift? Whatever that is, that will be one way that you pray. And he says of meditation, he says that whatever form you choose, you must have an open, childlike surrender and a receptive heart. Only then can prayer and meditation transform you. In the Hindu tradition, prayer and meditation are acts of devotion that praise the one supreme God or Brahman. For a Buddhist, the purpose of prayer and meditation is to free the mind from attachment in order that one might reach enlightenment. A Muslim uses prayer and meditation to create a sense of unity with fellow beings, to find comfort and peace, and to seek guidance from Allah. As a Christian, one uses prayer and meditation to come into closer relationship with God. In Judaism, prayer and meditation help build a sense of connection to the past and to other beings. Prayers are acts of celebration and help to develop a sense of the sacred. The practitioner of New Thought Ancient Wisdom uses prayer and meditation to seek communion with God so that one might cleanse and perfect consciousness so that wholeness may be revealed in his life. As a Universalist Franciscan, Father Richard Rohr offers another view to consider. He says that we do not know how to pray, that there is an indwelling presence that prays in us and through us and as us. That is why the master teacher Jesus could say, ask and it shall be given to you, knock and the door shall be open. In other words, whatever you pray for will be answered because it's not really you praying. It's the spirit praying in you.
This morning, I would like our meditation to take the form of affirmative prayer, the form of prayer developed by Ernest Holmes. It consists of five steps. Acknowledgements of Acknowledgement of spirit as all that is. Identification of ourself with that spirit. Affirming our desire as being fulfilled now. Expressing our gratitude and releasing our prayer completely. We recognize that all of creation is simply God expressing in an infinite variety of form and experience. The dynamic universe is the play of divine consciousness. Every person, animal, landform, body of water, or incident has divine spirit as its essence. There is no place we could go where God is not fully present. That means that you and I are also emanations of God, made in the image and likeness of the Creator, and the word we speak in prayer creates in the same manner. The infinite wisdom and power of spirit are fully available to us right here and now. So centered in our oneness with God, we speak our word now, fully expecting our desired outcome. The purpose of this prayer is to establish ourselves in a regular routine of spiritual practice, knowing that we are here because of our desire for a greater connection with God, we set our intention to deepen our practice. We make a commitment here and now to do whatever it takes to grow in spirit. Our commitment is irrevocable. We set aside time each day for the practice of the presence of God. This is our divine appointment and must not be missed. Every day we pray in our own unique way. We meditate using the method that works best for us. We read mystical literature or scripture. We love and serve one another. We share our resources and we celebrate in gratitude for the divine gifts that we have been given. As we enter the sacred silence, imagine your revitalized practice. How does it look? How does it feel?
with profound gratitude, we receive the blessings of this prayerful time in the presence of God and of our spiritual family. We accept the divine guidance that leads us tirelessly into our highest expression of life, love, peace, joy, beauty, and truth. Thank you, God, for everyone and everything. I invite you to know with me now that Spirit is moving powerfully through each of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. Returning now to Reverend Diana's message, we open to greater inspiration, to greater encouragement, to deeper consciousness, knowing that all we have to do is breathe in and breathe out. maintain our contemplation as I read from Honoring Practice from Prayers of Honoring Voice by Pixie Lighthorse. Thank you for this day of ritual devotion. Guide me to the mat, the trail, the teapot, the canvas, and the confrontation table today, so that I may test my flexibility and stay true to my form all the way to my edge. Be my mirror, my educator in matters of discipline and rhythm. Open the shelter of my mind to constructive, caring feedback. Let all that comes to me be my teachers. Move my form and feelings with dedicated habit. Help me to rehearse for growing stronger and more resilient. Stand me up like a mountain. Spread my arms wide expanding and clearing the valves of my heart to help me to move from it. Point my fingers skyward and widen my stance. Wrap enormous wings around my legs to strengthen my rooted position. Train me for the battle which takes place within me in the form of fear and resistance. Help me to create spaciousness inside of my container to make steady progress with my breath, my invocations, and the attitudes that initiate my day. Lead air into my lungs which comforts the grief held there. 
enhance my supportive routines with the golden light of your encouragement, which shines through repetition. Let my body be a living ceremony. Bring me back to presence when I wander. Help me to refocus without shame when I lose my way. Make me brave to notice where my balance falters and I compromise my integrity. Rededicate me when I discover what I'm holding and protecting. Get me back on conscious feet when I fall. Let my wingspan be the bridge between my spirit and my body. Ignite the fire of my willingness during times of challenge and overcoming obstacles. Put in front of me those who will help me persevere in my attempts to effectively resolve inner and outer conflict. Remind me of my tools for perceiving what pre prevents my flow. Help me be attentive to my part in maintaining the quality of relationship I am called to cultivate. Help me puzzle together my healing form with the help of Earth's electricity moving upward through the soles of my feet. Let me know I am not alone and that I never need to do it perfectly. So we close together by continuing this joining of our hearts in prayer. There is only one source, one life, one heart and one mind, one divine intelligence. And as there is only one, I know that I am and that you are a perfect and intelligent, intentional, and loving expression of divinity itself. As I allow this truth to move through me, permeating every aspect of my being, I am free. I am whole. I am exactly who and what I am meant to be. And so I embody this truth. I live my life from my highest self, trusting and accepting that I am already perfect and expressing that perfection as I grow and evolve to become ever more myself. I am so grateful. And so it is. Amen. Hmm. So it is time to close our Teze meditation. And as we do, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good in support of the work that we do, if you choose to do so. And if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button and our mailing address at mysticheart.org. We thank you 
in advance for your gifts. gifts with a grateful and loving heart, knowing that they are given in the same way. We thank you. And so it is. And so as we wrap up Taze today, just as it's our first day, 
I'm letting you know that there's coffee on the front porch, all set up and cups and everything you need. So if you're going to have coffee and stay for the next service, we'd ask that you would use that first to um, only use the back door for the bathroom is fine, but Tracy has children. So we're trying to not interrupt that flow too much with her. Um, so I thank you for coming this morning. And uh, we'll begin at 10.30, and we're, we're right on time. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, let's just close with one round of a soul's blessing. Oh. Oh. Okay. So we're not doing invitations in this half. Everything's in your bulletin. Take it with you. It's on the website. Check your email daily. I send things out that way. Check Facebook. Check Instagram. Check Meetup. We're everywhere. There's no reason to not know what's up. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace And may God always answer your prayer. Thank you. Have a beautiful Sunday. If you're staying to join us for the second half, enjoy some coffee. If you're online, we'll be back Have a at beautiful day. Good morning, Ms. Descartes. Good morning. Good morning. Please let my words speak for you. I'll take a deep breath in. And I release. Breathing in peace. Releasing joy and letting go of everything that has come before. Bringing myself into this one perfect moment. As I say, thank you, God. Thank you for the presence of each one here. Thank you for the ability for all of us to be here, both presently in this room and in the Zoom room and Facebook and watching us on a video later on. We are grateful for your presence, and we celebrate it. And so I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my soul and I listen as Reverend Diana talks about prayer and meditation. 
and I celebrate the joy and the love and the laughter that each one of us brings as I th say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Good morning, y'all. And if this is the second time, good morning again. Welcome this morning to our Conscious Conversations. We're going to open up with a little bit of singing on a little more upbeat side. So join us if you would like. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Good idea. <laughs> Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family, with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. Everything's possible through prayer. Welcome to the mystic heart. All right, let's get up and move a little bit if you wanna. If you wanna. Everybody, get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Just with us. So this is new, but it's easy. You'll catch on. on okay. <laughs> Spirit, run my life. Pick it up a little bit, shall we? <laughs> I let Spirit run my life. I let it guide our way today. Let's pick it up a little more. I let spirit run my life. I let it guide my way today. I just relax and take it in. Breathing in, breathing out. And I say, it's good enough to be true. I let love. I let it guide 
and take it in Breathe it in, breathe it out And I say it's good enough to be true I let peace run my life I let it guide my way today I let peace run my life I let it guide my way today I just relax and take it in Breathe it in, breathe it out And I say it's good enough to be true I let spirit run my life I let it guide my way today I let spirit run my life I let it guide my way today I just relax and take it in I love music. You know this about me. I love dancing. I think I was probably Pentecostal in another life. I've had to learn to tone, tone it down for this setting, but no more. We call it Metacostal here, not Pentecostal. Metacostal. So good morning and welcome. Uh, or welcome back, if you were here for Teze this morning. This is a new uh, way of doing service to try to meet the desires and needs of everyone. And if this doesn't do it, then we might not be the place for you. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay with us. Uh, you know, call it like it is. So we begin our conscious conversation this morning by acknowledging our oneness with all that is and by recognizing the power of that unity. And so we're going to take a moment to take a nice deep breath in and hold it for just a moment and then let it go. So as we take our next breath, I invite you, if you can, if you want to, to stand up with that breath. Let's Try to have a whole body experience here. Stand up as we breathe in and use the breath to collect our creative juices, to feel the very power of creation moving inside of us. Knowing that this power of creation that we hold is the foundation for a new story for humanity and for our planet. Hold with me a vision as we stand of a love-soaked world where peace and joy and abundance and justice and freedom are the natural way of being on the planet. 
that these are the living principles that guide our lives. Where all humans practice loving kindness and care for our planet as the beautiful and life-giving mother that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the warmth and the safety of a comfortable home, medical care and education, healthy relationships and right livelihood, and creative contribution, and a sense of family, a sense of deep belonging. A world in which all beings are valued for their inherent goodness and light. Where all humans practice loving kindness. Where the peace we cultivate within shows up as a world free of hatred and violence. We are creating a world that knows no greed. Where there is absolute abundance and simply having enough where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a full and rich and contented life. In this more conscious world, every member of the human family serves as a vessel through which God's blessings can flow through. And so there is no reason we cannot have such a world. No excuses, no reasons. We call it forth right here and now, knowing that it's taking form. We hold and speak our powerful vision. And so it is. So it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me in that vision. That is something that is near and dear to my heart and to the core of this community. And as we move forward... You're going to see more and more activities and involvement that revolve around the creation of that story and that world. So one of the powerful tools that we have at our disposal when we set out to create anything new is our conscious conversation. It's a tool that we have. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> So what are some of the characteristics of con conscious conversation? We know this isn't about me just spouting stuff out. I'm going to spout less and listen more as time goes on. Go ahead. Honesty. Honesty. Great. Deep listening so you're not just listening to respond. Okay. Or waiting so for your turn to respond. Deep listening so you're not just waiting for your turn to respond. This is what I'm going to say. Courage to speak up. The courage to speak up. That's a big one. To always come from your heart. To always come from your heart. Openness. Openness. And being willing to change. Oh, being willing to ch 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 change. <laughs> yeah, ch 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 changes. Uh huh. <laughs> Anything else that comes to mind? Cheryl says caring. I'm sorry? Cheryl says caring. Oh, Cheryl says caring. Thank you, Cheryl. So what about knowing the power of words and that they can tear down or they can build up? 
and being mindful that the words we speak are used only to build up, never to tear down. Yeah, that old sticks and stones thing is, doesn't work anymore. Right. Sticks and stones, <laughs> yeah, can break my bones, but words can never harm me. That is so much a lie. Yes. That was such a disservice that we learned as kids. Never was true. Never was true. And as kids, I know for myself, I used words occasionally that were not kind. So. Well, it's words that you speak in the physical realm with sound. There's also words that are formed in my mind. Okay. And uh, those are the ones that I need to be wary of and watch. Alright. Because they can be distracting. And, yeah. And a lot of times it's put against myself, not somebody else. Right. In fact, I find it easier to be, um, watch my words with other people. Mm-hmm watch the words inside for myself. Right. Because uh, those words, um, a lot of self-judgment, a lot of just running with um, mm -hmm. things that keep me distracted from what is real, which is right. you know, spirit, and which is you know, universal consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, so finding it easier to be conscious of our words and how we use them to build up when we're speaking with other people less easy sometimes to monitor the words that are going through our own minds and often directed at ourselves. The monkey mind. Monkey mind, yeah, yeah. So remembering too that as we listen and speak and act in the world, we're engaging in creation, whether we know it or not. Creative process never stops. And words, thoughts, whether it's in thought form or spoken form, are powerful ways that we engage in creation. Another thing to think about is think. Do we want to think before we speak? Because how else are we going to be conscious that we're using our words, our thoughts, and our spoken words to create, not tear down? So we want to think before we speak. Let's take a look at a slide here. So think before you speak. This could be an acronym that you could use. Before you speak, is it true? There's the T in think. Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? So what if every time we spoke to ourselves or another, we stopped and we said, is it true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind? If it meets all that criteria, then I can go ahead with my thought, I can go ahead with my word, my sentence, my whatever, my interaction. But if it's not, if it doesn't meet any one of those, silence is golden. <laughs> right? It might not be <coughs> called forth. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be giving, you know, positive messages. It doesn't mean we can't give constructive feedback when it's called for in whatever the settings or that we can't have difficult conversations with people. It just means that whatever I'm speaking around that difficulty really needs to be true. It needs to be helpful or at least have the intention of being helpful. Inspiring 
necessary and kind. Just something to think about, think about, as you move into conscious conversation. So this morning our topic has been breathe in, breathe out, and in our Teze meditation we spent time contemplating the idea that prayer and meditation might be compared to the in-breath and the out-breath of a spiritual life. If you missed it, you can check it out on the website. But I'd like to begin the conversation by asking some questions. What is prayer? Conscious connection with God. Conscious connection with God? I say we thought you knew. <laughs> Conscious conversation requires interaction. <laughs> I have no answers for anybody but me. Conscious connection with our own soul. Conscious connection with our own soul. In the past it was begging. Okay, in the past it was begging. Yeah, supplication. Yes. Cheryl says talking to God. Cheryl, thank you. Talking to God. And listening for the answer. Oh, and listening for the answer. <laughs> Here, God, let me tell you what needs to happen. <laughs> and then watch for his response. Right. <laughs> Want to make God laugh? <laughs> Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. Yeah. Tell him your plans. Yeah. There's truth in all those old aphorisms, isn't yeah. there? Yes, there are. There's a reason why they were developed and are still part of our lexicon. Yeah. And it's not just that there's a Murphy's Law operating and there's no. some being out in the sky, which we don't happen to believe exists, that's waiting for you to say something so it can, you yeah. know, swat you. thwart you or swat you. That's not what we're talking about. It's just that we get so certain in our own minds of what we know should be happening, and that is often not true. Yes, ma'am. Oh, no, I was just laughing. Like, I was just waiting like this. Oh, flick. <laughs> yeah. So it, in the past, or maybe for some still, supplication is a form of prayer. What other forms, and you mentioned that already, Kim, what other forms of prayer can you think of? What forms do you use? Do you... Positive affirmations. Positive affirmations or affirmative prayer? Gratitude. Gratitude. Prayers of gratitude. Contemplation. Okay. Prayers of contemplation. Group recitations of uh, traditional prayers. Okay. So recitations of traditional prayers. And that can go a couple of ways. If it's done from rote, it's just something we do because that's what we do. It may not be connecting you as deeply. But those same prayers can be used in very deep and uh, meaningful ways to commune with spirit. Whether they come from Christianity or Hinduism or Buddhism or Native American tradition or any other tradition. Let's see here. Do I have any other forms? Hmm. Mantra. Oh, mantra could be a prayer. True. So then what about meditation? What's meditation? Because some of those things start to kind of feel like, well, maybe that's prayer, maybe it's meditation. Are they different to you? Are they the same to you? Are they same. similar? I find them the same. Okay. The same. Okay, for me they're different. Okay. How are they different for you? Oh, 
How are they? Well, for me, uh, prayer is ascending. Okay. And meditation is a receiving. All right. Like when I when I pray, I just try to connect to the God within myself mm -hmm. and allow it to send out what it wants. Mm -hmm. And then when I meditate and become quiet, I'm receiving any messages that want to come back. Okay. That's cool. Cheryl says all... meditation is completely listening, completely listening to nothing. Oh, completely listening to nothing is meditation for mm -hmm. Cheryl. Okay. So we all have our own unique way, right? And that's as it should be. There's no one way that fits everybody. There's as many forms of prayer and meditation as there are human beings. So what about self-inquiry? Is that a form of meditation that anyone here uses? Self-inquiry, sitting down with a question about that's turned inward? Okay, so that would be an example where contemplation would serve as meditation rather than prayer for some, or the opposite, or April. Sometimes, you know, I toss them back and forth. It's kind of all mixed together. What about mindfulness meditation? Bringing your awareness to what you're doing in the moment and nothing else whether you're sitting or whether you're doing dishes or whether you're walking in nature or grocery shopping or bathing the dog. I mean, mindfulness meditation can be done anytime, doing anything. But isn't that still receiving? Mindfulness is still receiving because okay. you're receiving the senses around what you may be doing. So engaged. I see that perspective, and I see simultaneously that you're also offering attention, and then you're receiving from that. So it's sort of a complete cycle, isn't it? Yeah, and we talked at Teze a little bit about that, that some see it one way, and some see it another way, and some see them as inseparable and the same thing. And there's no right and there's no wrong, it's just what we how we interpret and use prayer and meditation. The no problem, no preference meditation is one of my favorites. Just sitting and allowing everything to be what it is, as it is. Nothing broken, nothing changed, needs to be changed. And whenever something crosses my mind, I just notice it and it's not a problem, and I have no preference that it not be there, and I just sit. I'd say monkey mind and all. Monkey mind and <laughs> all. It's, it's perfect just the way it is. That form helps me to bring that attitude into my daily experience when I'm interacting with other people. It's immensely helpful. So what might we say or why might we say, not what, why might we say that prayer and meditation are the in-breath and the out-breath of a spiritual life? Because it's the breathing in of the spirit and the breathing out into action. Okay. So breathing in of spirit, of guidance, of listening to what's coming in, and then taking action on it. Changing. Changing 
our behavior, <laughs> changing something in our life, doing things differently yeah, as a result. Yeah. So I've read one perspective that, that says the opportunity to get to know our human self better is more what meditation is about. Now that's just one perspective. You can see it as completely flipped also. That we get to know the physical, the mental, and the emotional parts of ourselves through observing that monkey mind, paying attention to what we're paying attention to. And there is no shame in creating self-respecting viewpoints in your own mind about your process. That's right. There's, there's no shame in any of this. We, we, don't, we don't do shame. <laughs> Still, so it's, it's yeah. useful because of a lot of myself. Yeah. I'm thinking I have to get over the idea that, uh, uh, that there's something to be ashamed of when right. I'm speaking positively in affirmation uh -huh. with myself and Absolutely. with Absolutely. Yeah. That's a beautiful form of, well, you could consider it meditation, you could consider it prayer. But yes, it's beautiful. But we've been taught that that's egotistical or selfish or whatever. Right. That's right. Yeah. So however we see it, one gives us an opportunity to observe what's going on inside here, which speaks to the physical, the mental, the emotional self. And the other gives us the opportunity to connect with the higher self, the um, divine knowing, God, spirit, however you want to define that, our source, to commune with um, something bigger than our mentality, our own psychology. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. We forget this. We say things like, I'm only human. No, you're not. <laughs> That's an untruth. It's the biggest untruth. We cannot grow and evolve gracefully if we bypass any of these aspects of ourselves. If we try to bypass our emotional imbalance, our psychological imbalance, or our physical imbalance. <coughs> we can't just jump around that and think, okay, if I pray and meditate enough, then I'll just start talking happy things and living happy experiences and everything about my life will change. Mm. And I'm not saying that those are not powerful tools, but they're not replacements for doing the deep psychological, emotional work that is part also of spiritual growth, ultimately. It's the foundation for spiritual growth. So do you know what spiritual bypass is? You hear, read a lot about spiritual bypass. Ignorance. Okay. Ignorance. That plays into it for sure. Affirming things you don't believe. Okay. Affirming things you don't believe. Sometimes. Because affirmative prayer might be affirming things you don't believe, but it's a tool to help you come to believe them. But it can be bypassed too. So it's important to self-reflect when you're using affirmation to make sure you're affirming from a place of, of shifting belief, knowing that what you're affirming is true in spirit and that you're moving into that truth. I was referring to denial 
Okay, right. Yeah, denial. It's not happening. That's right. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Giving energy to what you don't want. Giving energy to what you don't want. Okay. So, when do we use spiritual bypass? When do we tend to use it? And I I don't know what that means. Okay, spiritual spiritual bypass is instead of doing your deep emotional work, your psychological work, your shadow work, you might get involved, as many do, with a community that says, you know, just think good thoughts. Just think happy thoughts. Anytime something crosses your mind that isn't happy in your life, just turn 180 degrees and think a happy thought. And so you're bypassing all of the turmoil, all of the, any tra any of that, all trying your work to you're supposed to do on yourself. Right, all that work that that benefits you and your spiritual journey. Ultimately, you're trying to get around it. So I when do shortcut. taking shortcuts? There aren't no any shortcuts in the spiritual journey. <laughs> and in case you're not aware, this lifetime is a spiritual journey whether you know it or not. Whether anybody out there knows it or not, it's a spiritual journey as well as a human journey. So when do we tend to bypass? When things get uncomfortable. Oh, when things get uncomfortable. We do not like to be uncomfortable. Or when you're angry. When we're angry, we can try to bypass. When we're unhappy and depressed. When we're unhappy and depressed. When we know what we have to do but are afraid or unwilling. Okay, so when we know what we have to do, but we're afraid or we're unwilling. So afraid, unwilling, uncomfortable. Be in denial. When we're in denial, we may not even know the depth of something that we're dealing with ourselves, but everybody around us does. <laughs> everybody around us can see it. So we try to bypass the need to change habit patterns. We want to bypass the need to forgive ourselves and other people. We want to bypass sometimes the human work required to become psychologically, emotionally mature adults. And yet we want to feel like we're mature adults. We, we, I speaking for me, the journey doesn't end. So there's not a point in time where I'm going to be able to say, okay, I'm done. It doesn't work that way. We attempt to bypass the shadow or the unconscious aspects of ourselves. Now, these are not always negative qualities. We always take shadow work to be, oh, pulling up all the darkness in me. Darkness only that we are not aware of what's in there. It might be your greatness that you're not aware of. It might be that you're meant to shine in a way that's brighter than anything you could imagine and that you don't realize that you've got all that potential in you and deep digging into that subconscious work brings that light and that radiance and that potential out of you as well. But whether it's darkness, trauma, crisis, things that you're dealing with that way or whether it's the greatness and the bright light that's within you, shadow work brings it out to be faced 
and to be integrated, not to be, not even to be put behind you so much, to be integrated into the fullness of who you are as a human being. And so that work can be challenging. It can really be uncomfortable. And so we tend to want to bypass that, thinking, eh, I don't really need to do that. Mm. I know I was there for a while. <laughs> Father Richard Rohr speaks of the spiritual life as happening in four distinct stages. I love this. This is another thing that you're going to be able to hang on to if you choose to. Cleaning up, growing up, waking up, and showing up. Cleaning up, growing up, waking up, and showing up. Cleaning up refers to coming into right relationship with your physical body and with the material world. It's a very material aspect of your humanity. It means taking good care of what you eat, how much exercise you get, how well you take care of your physical surroundings, how well you care for the beings in your life. Learning to do what's appropriate in the world, like following traffic laws and, you know, playing well with others, basically. <laughs> Things like not stealing, you know, following the rules when they serve everybody, that kind of thing. So that's just cleaning up. If you're not doing those things, you got cleanup to do. And we all have a little cleanup to do. I'm working on the diet and exercise piece right now. How about growing up? It deals with learning what it means to be human and becoming a healthy human being, accepting yourself and others. And this is from a psychological, emotional perspective. So it's more the mental aspects of ourselves. And when we're in good shape that way, we're treating other people with respect and generosity and compassion. Treating ourselves with respect, generosity, and compassion first, because we can't treat anybody else that way until we've got it for ourselves. Then waking up means overcoming the sense of separation from source and from others. Other humans, other animals, the planet, and then showing up is about stepping out of me, 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 mine, 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 and being of service to other people. So meditation is one of the most effective tools we can make sure that we're cleaning up and growing up, or that we're becoming physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and mature adults. And prayer is one of the most powerful tools that we can use to access the waking up or overcoming our separation. Can you imagine how much closer we will be to living in a love-soaked world when every human gets as far as cleaning up and growing up? Just that. Mm -hmm. It will be wonderful. And what a huge leap we will make for the evolution of mankind and the entire planet when a large enough group of us begin the process of waking up and then maybe showing up. It is happening. You know that, right? Yes. <laughs> you do believe it, don't you? Yes. Mm -hmm. I would just like it 
I'd like it to be faster. <laughs> Despite appearances in the world, the process of evolution that is forever unfolding says that it must happen, ultimately. This is the meaning of the idea that all things are ultimately turned to good when we hear that. It's hard to believe that sometimes. Or that God uses all things for good. Mm. Whatever language you prefer for that, evolution is moving everything toward a state of greater unity and cooperation and complexity. But evolution itself has forever moved toward unity and cooperation. It's not, it's not as Darwin taught that it's a survival of the fittest, like a competitive thing. It's survival, a different understanding of what he taught, survival of the most adaptable, which means adapting, cooperating, working together, and coming to unity with others. With our intellectual and intuitive powers, we find ourselves in the unique position of being able to help steer the course of evolution. We always have been, but we can be consciously aware and consciously act to help in that guidance. I have deep faith in humanity. I am the world's biggest optimist. I have deep faith in life. I have deep faith in the one loving and lawful presence that is the source and the essence and the substance and the process that's guiding all of creation. I know that it's unfolding for the good of all. I know that I am a perfect and intentional expression of the one life. And I know that you are too. And that the same is true for every being. It's no accident that humans are here on Earth, given the physical and mental and emotional and spiritual gifts to fulfill our purpose. We have everything we need. We don't need any more technology to fulfill our purpose. The planet doesn't need any more technology to heal. We have all the knowledge we need. So as we commit to clean up and grow up and wake up, it's because then we want to next show up to be part of the cooperative efforts. <clears throat> so is there anything that wants to be spoken right now? Anything spinning around that wants to be shared? To me, part of showing up is being the hands and feet and voice and heart of God that you refer to in your Love Soap World segment. Okay. Um, I'm reminded of my favorite Ernest Holmes quote is, inspiration without application is hallucination. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> inspiration without application is hallucination. Ernest Holmes. <laughs> yeah. So in that we don't believe in some being with the long beard and the robe up in the clouds, doing things, moving us like chess pieces, then we become the hands and hearts and voices of spirit. You know, as are the animals and the trees and all of creation, but we have this amazing forebrain 
that makes us responsible for the choices we make. We have the capacity to choose and to analyze. And so, by default, we become responsible for those choices. So what else? Anything else going around right now? Yeah? I'm just glad that I've come a place in my life where I know I have a choice. Okay. My mom and my grandmother never, ever, whatever their life was, never realized that. They both died not knowing that. Right. And they were miserable. And I'm glad that I found in this lifetime that I do have a choice and I make good yes. choices to be the best I can be in this lifetime, every right. day changing to the better. What a blessing to see in yourself evolution happening. Yeah, thank you. The world's depending on you. <laughs> no pressure. And on all of us, that's right. Anything else that wants to be spoken before we shift into our yeah, it occurs to me the things that we most want to avoid are the major the things that we need the most. The oh. things that we're least comfortable with uh -huh. are the things that some part of us inside knows that that's what we need. Right. And it's part of recognizing. And they may not be the most desirable things that you want to look at. <laughs> Your tendency is to shear <laughs> off at the sides. But I used to say something, do what you hate, which is to say do what you fear. Right. And in this way you grow. Yeah, do what you fear and this way you grow. Do which makes that which makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. So sit at a table with people you don't know. There you go. For example, introduce yourself. Right. Hi, I'm so and so. Yeah. And in this way you grow past your shortcomings. Right. That's it's so much easier to do this growth in community. Mm -hmm. Because for a number of reasons. We have the support, mm -hmm. we have the connection. But we also have the reflection. You know, if you walk into a room and you see somebody off on their own and you have that same tendency, it's a reminder that, you know, maybe I should step past that, as you said, and sit down with somebody new, strike up a conversation, make a connection. That difficulty reminded me of a, a quote we looked at this last week in the, uh, in the mythology group. Uh, Joseph Campbell says, the cave that you fear most mm. is the one that contains your treasure. Mm -hmm. The cave that you fear most is the one that contains your treasure. Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Also, being with people gives you an opportunity to practice opening your heart. To practice opening your heart in community. That's right. It, you can't really do that. I mean, you can do it toward animals and plants and the world in general, but it's different. Somehow, it feels a little more frightening to many people to open your heart to other human beings. And yet that's, that's one of those things that we really need in our world, to be open to other perspectives, people of other cultures and traditions and ways of being different religious and spiritual paths, different political beliefs. To be able to respect and honor even when we don't agree. And how do you do that without other people? I think that's the, the question is how do we learn to do that? 
how do we learn to, to do, do that? that? Because I catch myself mm -hmm. hearing something that just really <clears throat> puts me from zero to 60. Right. So I have to work on how can I listen and still not necessarily what I would call buy into something that I don't believe. Right. You know. Yeah. And that is a challenge. It is I, a challenge. You know, it's a real challenge yeah. to watch and hear some things that you just have a very strong opposite experience right. and reaction. So it's learning techniques and skills and the right. ability to calm the heart and mind while these things are being said mm -hmm. or done. So what, what tools do we use in this space to... What that amounts to is to decreasing or eliminating our reactivity and increasing our responsibility, our ability to respond without the reactivity, even internally. What tools do we use? Not take it personal. Okay. If you can bring yourself to don't take it personally, this isn't mine. Compassion. Compassion. How do you define compassion? Trying to um, get a glimpse of how they might be feeling. Okay, getting a glimpse of what they might be feeling, and I'm—I've removed purposely your word "trying" there because I don't try. I do or I do not, just like Yoda. Just like you. Yeah, it's always a choice to do or do not. So yeah, to take another perspective, what might they be feeling, thinking? Having empathy. With Having empathy. Uh, I try to put myself in their shoes. Okay. And I try to listen to my true self, right? Of my false self or ego or whatever. Yeah. So put myself in their shoes. I think it was Charles Eisenstein that asks the question, "What's it like to be you?" <laughs> like with everything that you are, going all the way back, at least to birth, conception perhaps back beyond, and everything that's brought into your experience to make you who you are now, what's it like to be you? That takes you immediately out of judgment and criticism. At least it does for me. If I truly, with all my heart, move into that question, any reactivity just fades away. So that's a great tool to, to step fully into somebody's shoes, see another perspective with compassion. Yeah, April. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> Doing my job, I drive the little shuttle, you know, for the elderly and disabled. Well, if you really want some strong opinionated people, you drive elderly <laughs> people around, right? And, and now my job is to get them safely from A to B. Right. That's my job. Mm -hmm. But I, I talk to them, I get to know. But some of the stuff that they talk to me about, you know, they don't know anything about me. And they, they're like, oh, it's because of these, you know, this group of people's coming to the country. Oh, everything's going on because of this person. Uh -huh. And they're saying whatever they're saying behind me to me. And I just go, oh, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and I drive them where they're going, and, and off they go. And I can hold on to that. I could get upset at some of the right. stuff mm -hmm. they say. I could, I, I could argue back, mm -hmm. or I could say, well, whatever. But... Instead, I just try to keep myself in a place of 
acceptance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I accept you for who you are. I still am going to care for you as best as I can because that's mm -hmm. my reflection of me. Right. Your journey is yours, and man, I am <coughs> grateful I am not inside of you. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And if you can make that comment without judgment, that's even better, yeah. which yeah. You, you do. Yeah, I do. You do. I understand yeah. that. Whatever's going on inside this person, right. it's, it's, I'm not mm. very grateful that that's not happening inside mm. of me right yeah. now. And I'm still going to love them because it's my character development and say, be careful with the stairs, let me help you with your bags, and then off they go. Right. You know, it's, it's a good practice. What a great practice. 40 plus hours a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you do a lot of practice. I had 90 last paper. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that plays right into even my sitting form of no problem, no preference. It's just like, yeah, okay, this is yours. I don't, doesn't affect me. So there's your homework for this week. You don't even have to do it 40 plus hours a week. But do it as often as you can. Try to really step into that question, what's it like to be you? Anytime you're triggered, anytime anything sets you off, what's it like to be? So, each Sunday we invite you to join us in our celebration of the work we do by giving of your financial support if you choose to. And some of you may have been here before, don't feel like, you know, we're just doing this twice in case people come in for separate services. It also gives us a chance in this service to get up and dance, because we like to do that. <laughs> at least I like to do that. So we also, if you're at home, we have a donate button, and you can find our mailing address at mysticheart.org. We have a gracious giving program if you should choose to um, give a monthly committed donation to help in our uh, planning of our budget and all of that. So as we move into this, I just want to let you know how much we appreciate. From our hearts to yours, we offer thanks for every gift that comes in, every gift of time, talent, or treasure. It's, uh, we're just blessed with so much giving in this community. So if you would look at our affirmation with us mm -hmm. as we prepare, and if you would like to speak with me, we can join voices. As I awaken, I awaken to the God, God within me and, and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into this flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. Please enjoy everyday people playing for change.
Now that I've got the blood coursing quickly through <laughs> my veins, <laughs> I pause for a moment to just give thanks. Deep, deep thanks for the work that goes on in this community. For the time, the love, and the talent, and the energy that are donated. The thought that's put forth just to help us grow. And I'm deeply grateful for the gifts that we receive each and every day. The monetary gifts, the gifts of service, the gift of someone sitting down and just saying a prayer for our growth. And so I just say, thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. And join us for our closing songs. And we just have one now because we split them between the service. So there we go. We do both verses. And we didn't do too bad time once. <clears throat> Couple of adjustments for next time and we'll be right there. Take a pass and set it free.